On today's podcast, we're going to talk about a recent study that just came out about where savers are putting their money and which ones may be the best options for you. We're untangling financial issues. Welcome to Your Finances Untangled with Mo Param. Mo is a financial advisor and partner with CloudVestor. Untangling your finances. Mo Param does it. The team at Clown Investors, they do it. They untangle the finances of their clients wherever they are in their financial lives. Actually, I think more of the untangling comes in when they first come to you, Mo. And then um, and then once you get them untangled, you keep them untangled. Maybe that that's the way it works. I'm consumer advocate Dave Perkins. This is your finances untangled. Because here's what I think. I think a lot of times people come to you uh, just like what we go through every year at Christmas when we bring down the Christmas lights and it's, they're all tangled up in a ball. And you untangle that and get it that's all fun. lined up. Yeah, that's funny. When we uh, when we created this, this podcast and we're looking for a title, uh, the untangled side of the of the name, we we thought of Christmas tree lights. Yeah, oh really? How, how annoying and how <laughs> frustrating it is every single year to know you're going to have to go through this the, through the stage and go through those Christmas tree lights, try to untangle them. You break a couple of bulbs, and then finally they get up. You put them on your house. You put them on your tree. And and then next year you say to yourself, why didn't I do something about it? Why didn't I, you know, put these put these lights in a manner where I wouldn't have to untangle them again? And you say next year I'm going to do it. And we say next year I'm going to do it. And then then 15 years later you keep saying to yourself, I'm going to do it. So that's that's kind of like what we're doing with this podcast, right? And what we do with our clients. Well, you know, we have a TV show, Your Retirement Untangled. Mm -hmm. So. That TV show is completely dedicated to those who are, uh, you know, I call it the retirement red zone, five, 10 years away from retirement and in retirement. So it's all about untangling your your retirement. And, and you know, this podcast is more general about your finances and how to, you know, basically how to untangle it, how, how to um, get control of it so that you know all the rules that are available to you and you can, and you can navigate your finances that's in the best way that's suited for you. So you keep the lights up on that tree all the time after you untangle it. Oh yeah, the lights are on. You know, all it, year. Um, the the other thing that reminds me of is when I used to do radio remotes. You know, we do on location uh, a couple hours live, like at a car dealer live or something like that. And uh, I'd get in the station vehicle and with the equipment in there and start setting up if I had to do the remote. But I'm following, you know, Joe Blow who did it the week before somewhere and that particular person likely in a hurry to get away from the remote didn't we always had to plug in with a drop cord somewhere to get power and they just balled up the drop cord so i'd have to spend 30 minutes untangling a drop cord oh that's annoying and i was of course saying bad things about that person uh, (laughs) to myself was, Not to him, of course. No, nah, no, nah, by Monday, you know, by the end of the remote, I wasn't even mad about it anymore. So, yeah. All right, well, we're going to look at BlackRock, the Investment Management Corporation, and ask recently uh, nearly uh, 3,000 savers to describe their favorite vehicle of in- investing and saving. And we're going to run through these, get most take on the results of the survey. Let's just kind of do it in a countdown form, but we'll start with number one in this case. And coming in at number one with the most respondents uh, indicating 
indicating this. And it, it seems to me this would be in many ways by default, Mo, but it's mutual funds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mutual funds have been very, very uh, popular with investors for years now. And the reason why is, well, there's a number of reasons why, but you know, mutual funds at the end of the day are basically a basket of stocks or a basket of bonds. So instead of you, the investor, you, the saver, uh, trying to figure out, okay, which individual stock do I do I want to buy? You know, do I want to buy Nike, Amazon, Apple, you know, Tesla, whatever, whichever one it is? When to buy it? What's the right price to buy it? What's the price? Uh, what's the best price to sell it? Right? Uh, when to underweight it? When to overweight it? You know, all these different uh, uh, styles and 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 um, you know different timing of when to purchase these different investments, well, you say to yourself, well, I like these type of investments. I like these stocks, but I just don't want to have the, the. Um, I don't know when to actually purchase them or sell them. So I buy this mutual fund that has all of these stocks, that's investing in all of these stocks. Mm-hmm. So you get the diversification within one basket. Okay. So that's been, and then, so that's been very popular for a while. And, and yeah, I mean, and it's amazing. We'll get to this. It's, it's really surprising to me. What is the, what got the least responsible? We'll get to that in a second. Let's do from the survey of what savings vehicles you use and growth vehicles you use at number two, I guess I'm not surprised by this getting high response and that's individual securities. Yeah, so in individual securities, especially in the last, wow, uh, I mean, I haven't heard so many people talk about investing in individual stocks over the last three years. Uh-huh. It's the most I've, I've, I've heard people uh, talk about it in my you know 18 years of invest of, of being an advisor. And what I mean by that is the the trading platforms, trading apps, you know, from you know your Robin Hoods to your you know, even like TD Ameritrade, which is the custodian that we use, you know, their app, all these, all these uh, apps, E-Trade allow investors to, you know, to invest on their own, just off their, on, on their fingertips. And so with the market just being the way it's been over the last, you know, 15 years, the market has been a really, you know, on a, on a bull market, investing has been more, investing has been more readily available, especially investing in individual stocks. So some people think that, you know, individual stocks could be a little more risky, right? Because instead of doing the kind of the basket approach of investing in mutual funds, you know, you're actually purchasing these individual stocks, but not all stocks are the same. You know, you can, you know, you can go to, you know, your IBMs, your, your UPSs, your, you know, your Southern company, these stable companies, these stable stocks. I wish they were mine. (laughs) (laughs) that were that you know these stocks have a long track record i mean these companies have a long track record um pretty steady if you look historically you know but then you have newcomers right your your uh your twitters your face facebook's your uh uh you know your even even netflix is not that that old and you know you may see some of these these stocks kind of skyrocket in price and fluctuate, you know even on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. You know, so some some people shy away from individual stocks because they're a little afraid of the risk, but some kind of take on that risk. 
But yeah, but individual stocks, I'd say over the last three years, in my opinion, has been on fire as far as you know the the amount of money that's going into um, to actually purchasing individual stocks. And I think a lot of it has to do with you know the readily availability of these apps where you can just do the trading on you know on your own. Yeah, exactly. It makes it, uh, I don't know if you would say easier, but more accessible, uh, I guess, would be the better I mean, way to say it. I mean, remember, remember uh, what was it? The end of, no, this is 22. So was it the end, the beginning of last year with the whole meme stock? Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, GameStop was right. going up to like, you know, <laughs> 300, 400%, right. whatever the number is. And, you know, it, it's, there's now there's forums where, you know, where, you know, you have a group of people that are talking about investing, which is good. You know, you want to get, I personally feel like you want to get communities, you want to get um, people involved and engaged in investing, right? That's where a lot of wealth is built. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So Does it, we, though, also create the risk of having more amateurs making amateur moves? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's, there's a learning curve, right? Yeah. There's a learning curve in everything. And, uh, when, when it comes to investing, you don't. There's just you know, to be a day trader, if you want to call it. There's just so much nuance behind it, and mm-hmm. uh, I would I would say I would take I would say to those who are are looking to do like day trading, you know, you you may want to you know, definitely take some classes, definitely take some courses, and not try to just uh, approach it on your own. But it, it can lead. It can lead. It depending on where you're getting your information from, and and depending on how emotional you are, yeah. You know, thing about investing is whether you're doing mutual funds, individual stocks is you you have to you have to kind of take emotion out of the investing, and and have a investment strategy, have an approach, have a game plan of how you're going to approach the market because. You know, we're seeing even this year right now, you know, the market has been pretty volatile. But if you look at how it's performed over the last, you know, two months, you know, the market is starting to crawl back up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Yeah. So so those that may have, you know, kind of sold or gone to cash and waiting for that perfect time to get into the market. Well, again, there is no perfect time. Uh, you don't want to time the market, but, you know, you may be missing up on this on this rally. So without a game plan, you you may be you know I forget there's a there's actual chart that shows that if you miss over like a thirty year period if you miss like ten of the best days out of thirty years like the damage that does to your to your portfolio. Oh really? Yeah, yeah I'd love to see to that number and instead of just just staying in the market. Right, just staying in. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think we'll ever see a GameStop thing though? Because that wasn't exactly healthy, was it? <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm actually surprised we haven't seen a copycat on that. Oh yeah. Well, you know, it's uh, what is it? History repeats itself. Yeah. So maybe just they're just looking for the right, the right timing. Maybe, right. maybe. Yeah, because that was that was all based off of like shorts, and um, I don't I don't go too deep into it. But yeah, they 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 highlighted these stocks that a lot of these hedge funds were shorting. Basically, they were anticipating the stocks to go down. Mm-hmm. And so, actually, was this last week? Someone asked me about how do you make money when the market is down, and you know, sometimes you can you can actually make money if the stock market goes down because you're basically betting on an individual stock or stocks 
for their value to go down. And if they go down, you make money. So what these huh. what these individuals were doing were basically pumping up the value of these isolated stocks, like a GameStop, and getting crowds to buy them. Right. So when mm-hmm. you, as more as we, people are buying it, all of a sudden the value goes up. Right. And and so when these hedge funds were, I'm just going to throw a random number out there. If they were anticipating the stock to be at 50, that's when they were going to buy it. But now it's at 200, mm-hmm. right? That's, I mean, think about it. If you're wanting, if you're planning to buy something for 50 bucks, but it ends up being 200 and you had to buy it, you don't really feel that good about it. Right. Now, now we're talking, you know, billions of dollars. Well. And people were just selling right at the right time, you know, bought it for, bought it for 75, sold it at 300 and, and made a good, made a good, you know, good profit off a of it. Good profit on it. Yeah, these were savers. I mean, then and investors and and a high number on individual securities, um, and and not to say that let's say retirees, not to say that they're not they don't have growth elements. They really need to have growth elements, but it's more of a game or, or a risk, more of a risk game for younger people. Yeah, you know, it, it's you know when we, when we do our planning, you know, that's the key. That's the beauty behind you know working with a fiduciary firm like ours who. You know, we have a plan for our clients and every recommendation that we, we, we present, it's all default, not defaulted, but it all comes back to the plan because we've created a strategy. We know what Dave's goals are. We know the kind of risk that Dave can take based off of your plan. Um, so, you know, so for some of our retirees, you know, some of our retirees are investing in individual stocks. And you may say that may be, you know, counter counterintuitive to what I've hear online, but you know, some of our clients have pensions properly some proportioned, our, you know, properly so. proportioned. So they have pensions, they've got social security, they live well below well below their means or within their means. So, and they've been good savers throughout their working their working lives. So they've built these assets, and they have the ability to take on some risk, right? But you're like you said, they've properly properly allocated. Yeah, exactly. We're going to run down some more from this BlackRock survey. What are savers using? What are they liking? What's their go-to in investing and saving and growth vehicles? More to come on the podcast, Your Finances Untangled. How can you enjoy the best of both worlds in your financial planning? The convenience of a virtual relationship with your advisor, but also maintaining the human touch. That's CloudVestors. That's CloudVestors.com. That's a relationship you can trust. At CloudVestors, you get a personal relationship with one of the team advisors who will help you build a robust investment strategy. It's all about specific, customized planning for your unique situation and for wherever you are in life, whether you're just starting out or getting close to retirement. Holistic financial planning in all areas, including taxes, estate planning, insurance, cash flow, and budgeting. They even offer customized personal websites for clients. The technology of today while still maintaining that human touch. That's CloudVestors. That's CloudVestors.com. We're back with Your Finances Untangled. Consumer Advocate Dave Perkins with Mo Param of CloudVestors and CloudVestors.com. A fiduciary firm working with you and offering the convenience of remote 
meetings and planning sessions and reviews, uh, but you're getting that human touch. So visit the website once again, cloudvestors.com. We're going over with Mo a BlackRock survey asking people what's their go-to for and their favorite, you know, their what they maybe consider is the best in saving and growth and a, a, a big number said cash is the best, but is it? <laughs> is it back to that properly allocated? You know, uh, properly allocated. You know, cash is always king, right? They yeah. that's been that's been true for so long. Cash is king. So, save having a good amount of savings and basically cash on uh, on demand is you know paramount for for us. We want to make sure that our clients have the right amount of cash that is, that, that's available to them in case of an emergency. But also not just in case of emergency, right? But also in case of opportunity. Mm-hmm. I have actually had an email uh, sent to me this morning from a client that asked me, you know, why are we holding you know this amount of cash in my in our portfolio? And I told him for opportunity. Hmm. Right? This is this is if you think about it, if if you're investing, there's only and if if a client might wants to purchase an investment, right? Stock, bond, mutual fund, whatever it may be. I'm going to either have to ask them to, you know, give me money so I can invest for them. I'm going to have to either sell some of their investment assets to generate the cash so I can make that purchase or, you know, we can have cash on hand. Mm-hmm. So if you see the opportunities there, we can make those purchases. So, you know, so yes, having cash on hand to be a saver, to make sure you have your emergency fund three to six months, depending on your life maybe even like nine months, right? Just having that good reserve uh, of your expenses basically in cash. But also cash can be an opportunity. Right now the market, if you think about it, some, depending where you look at it, could uh, down, you know, let's just say 15% for the year, 12 to 15%. It could, this could present a good entry point opportunity to invest in some of these companies that you know we've been waiting to go down for a little while and you know, here they are. Uh, it could be yeah. rental, right? You could you could find homes. Then you say to yourself, you know what? This is a great opportunity for us to buy a rental property, to uh, to buy a business, to start a business, buy a franchise. Um, you know, so so having cash on hand is not just for the emergency fund, but it's also to an opportunity an opportunity presents itself. I like that. that I, cash is available. I always look at it. As, I like that. I, I'm going to steal that. Uh, because, you know, I always look at it as the emergency fund. It's almost the glass is half empty. But when you look at it as an opportunity fund also, because you need to have an emergency fund, but looking at it as also an opportunity fund is like the glass is half full. It's like, why do we call it? We're all, I think, you know, in some way a little bit, a bit pessimistic. We call a a traffic light a stoplight, but 50% of the time it's a go light. Yeah, but we call it a stoplight instead of a traffic light. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like opportunity fund, though. That's good. That's good. All right, we're looking at the... <laughs> Don't you love when I just throw those things in? <laughs> that's, that's, that's what... I've never... I've You know, I always hear... You know, you, you always hear um, the glass half, half full, yeah, half empty. Right. But I've never thought about it like the traffic light versus stoplight. It's, a, it's not only a stoplight. It's also a go light. 
And right. it's a be careful light. However you look at yellow, some people see it as being a speed up light, but it's not a speed up light. <laughs> Please don't do that. Accidents happen that way. From um, from, from this survey, um, annuities coming. Now, the, the percentages are going down a little bit because we're at number four here. We're on annuities now and not specifically listed what kind of annuity. I don't know, even know if, if there's a lot of knowledge on the fact that there are different kinds of annuities. No, I think uh, just like, you know, the there's different types of stocks, right? There's different types of annuities. And some people group stocks as as they, they group them together and say, oh, stocks are, are too aggressive or, or just too risky. And some people think annuities just group them all together and say, we want no part of it uh, because, you know, they get a bad rap mm-hmm. or commissions that advisors get or insurance salesmen get high fees, um, hard to get your money out. But for a lot of retirees, there's a lot of value if you find the right type of annuity for you. You know, the annuities that we tend to look at are, you know, they really have two two ways we look at them. One is if you look at them to remove all market volatility so there's some index there's you know fixed index annuities for instance allows you to participate in the market but if the market goes down you do not participate in the downside so it adds that layer of protection and then there's some annuities that literally would guarantee you income for the rest of your life so it gives you that that peace of mind knowing that every month you're going to get a paycheck and some clients like that, you know, they're, they've been playing the market for 20, 30, 40 years. Now they want to play the income game and just get income for the rest of their lives. Yeah. And, so uh, I think, and if I think the, sometimes a little underappreciated and undervalued sometimes. And I, I think you're right. And, and also a fiduciary should be appreciated because a fiduciary, you know, is 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 bound legally. If they recommend an annuity, then they're legally bound to feel that it would be in your best interest and in what type of annuity that they may recommend for you. And so, yeah, yeah, uh, fixed indexed annuity seems to be like the winner. I mean, the best in my my opinion, <laughs> because it's like this is is the Goldilocks. It's the not too hot, not too cold. It's like just right. I mean, would you agree with that? Is that kind yeah. of usually the go-to? Uh, that for us, for the firm, it is. Uh-huh. Um, you know, for the firm, it is because one is there, there's no fees. So we like that. that could, we like our clients' money to work as efficiently as possible so we can, you know, reduce fees. That's that's awesome. Um, again, you get the downside protection. So you, you can't lose any money in, inside the contract. You get the upside potential, right? So there's a trade-off if you're trading off the downside protection then you give up a little bit on the growth but again you have that you have that uh the goldilocks you said mm-hmm. market participation seems that way to me yeah protection on the downside remember i did and that thing about it's when i did the band thing um the variable is the crazy rock band they're good but they get they show up late to the concert start fights <laughs> go back to the hotel room they're expensive they you know, it's risky whether or not they'll show up. Um, the fixed annuity is the lounge singer. You know, they're in the the hotel lounge, you know, <laughs> singing like cover a seventy songs. And the fixed index annuity is just a good solid band. 
shows yes. up on time, puts up, puts on a great show. The tickets aren't $4,000 each, you know, <laughs> and they actually don't. Not only do they not tear up the hotel room, they even fold their towels before they leave. Isn't that great? They don't just leave them balled up on the floor. <laughs> and I'm, I will admit, I do leave my towels on the floor in the hotel room, but I feel like that might be appreciated. It's like they say servers would prefer you not stack your dishes. Did you know that? Oh, I didn't know that. Servers say, because I know people are trying to be nice, but they're like, look, we have our way of doing it. Could you just not? Um, yeah. 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 Starting from now on, I won't do it. Don't stack those dishes. (laughs) I'm actually surprised this one came in at such a low response on this survey. ETFs. Ah, yes. Yeah, exchange traded funds. So ETFs, you know, they, I could could see why. uh, Because they are not, you know, when, when you're, okay, I don't want to bash some advisors, right? This is not the show to bash advisors. But, Mutual funds tend to be more popular because some mutual funds have fees, higher fees, and and some forms of commissions right. that are involved and, and wrapped inside the mutual fund. So advisors, you know, if they some bad advisors, right? If they want to make a little extra dollars, they they will push mutual funds because of the because of the fees and commissions. Well, ETFs are less expensive. ETFs that we work with have no commissions and you still get the same diversification right so if you were uh, an advisor which one would you want to push towards your client you do the one where you get paid more so that's why i personally believe that that etfs are starting are are not getting as much attention as they should but but, they will but they will i mean uh, the money that's flowing into etfs are starting to are starting to um uh, to catch up with the mutual funds, they're they're fairly newer. I mean, I think the, e, the one of the first ETFs, if not the first ETF, started and was launched in like ninety three, nineteen ninety three. So, you know, a thirty year history versus mutual funds, and some mutual funds have eighty plus year history. But ETFs are are you, you get diversification for less fees, less cost, uh, and they're a little more efficient when it comes to trading because ETFs. From the name exchange traded fund mm-hmm. actually trade on an exchange like the New York like the stock New York Stock Exchange, mm-hmm. uh, and they trade intraday. So if it's like, hey, I want to buy this ETF right now, you go buy it, you have it, or sell it, you sell it immediately. ETFs, I mean mutual funds, you purchase them, but you buy them at the end of the day, so they don't trade as efficiently as right. That's what I've heard. So you don't have. You kind of have to sit on your hands with mutual funds through the day. Or would that be yeah. like if it's a really, really bad day, like everything's dropping big time? Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you bought a, like if you bought a mutual fund, for instance, that's filled with tech companies, right? Mm-hmm. It's a mutual fund that's designed for, you know, to, I don't say mimic the NASDAQ, but probably has a lot of companies that, that are NASDAQ tech companies. Well, if, if that sector for the day is just dropping, and you and so essentially that ET that mutual fund would be dropping as well, right? Right. right. The same type of stocks, and you say, you know, oh my gosh, it's eleven o'clock in the morning. You're just having to watch it. You I'm know? just watching, and you say, I want to sell it. So you put the trade in to sell it, or you tell your broker 
to sell it, he or she puts puts the order to sell it at eleven oh five. That's with an ETF, well, right? No, no, no. With a mutual fund, if he or she, if the broker puts in the trade to sell it at a let's call it eleven oh five. Okay. It won't get executed until the end of the day. I see. Yeah. So that's that's odd. So now you do have to wait. So I mean, you could be a nervous wreck by the end of the day. Right. ETFs. Right. You put that same order at eleven oh five. It's gone. Eleven oh five. That's it. It's gone. So they put the order in at eleven oh five for mutual funds, but it's kind of like almost like the cable company. You got to wait around <laughs> for a long time. And finally here, uh, every good survey has to have other response. So you did get some others um, in asking people what are, what's their go-to investment savings vehicle. And I'm, I'm guessing with others, it could be anything from rental to crypto. Yeah. Yeah. Crypto is, um, you know, for the last few years has been, you know, one of the the, the highest returned uh, assets that there is. But this year, you know, we're, we're seeing a lot of um, volatility. Uh, they call it, uh, they're calling this what a crypto winter, where, you know, some of these cryptocurrencies, uh, these uh, are down, you know, 20, 30, 40%. Yeah. What was thought to be a non-correlated asset now looks like it is a correlated asset. Um Rental, basically, uh, real estate property. Uh, rentals have been pretty, with, with the with the interest rates uh, for mortgage interest, interest rates being so low. You know, purchasing rental property has again going back to what I was mentioning before by cash, right? Having a cash opportunity, buying rentals, um, and having that consistent rental income uh, has been pretty attractive. Well, there you go. I mean, and, and that, look, uh, everything that and more, really, that right. we ran down, Mo will talk to you about, and the team will at Cloudvestors. What's best for you? Right. And, and, you can, yeah. and just you're just looking at this, right? I mean, what, there's, there's no one size fit all. No. And that, that's the beauty behind planning. You don't just do one thing, though, right? Yeah, right. So, yeah. We don't just buy rentals. We don't just we don't recommend rentals. We don't just recommend ETFs or you know, just recommend mutual funds. Right? We look at the individual client and and put together a strategic plan, going back again to the plan for you that fits your needs, that suits your needs. Um, so, yeah, so that's 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 that just kind of gives you a little bit behind the scenes of when we're, you know, talking to clients about where they put their money uh, to work for them. These are some of the, the areas that we talk about and some of them we, we will help them with, right? Obviously we'll do the investing, but we're not going to purchase a home for them or, you know, uh, or, or facilitate that transaction, but we can recommend and show them how like a rental property would fit within their plan. How much of a house can they afford? Is this a good time for them to buy? And You know, so, so forth and so forth. You know, we're recording on, the weekend and today it's close to the official start of the weekend. I don't know what plans you have, but I do know that you are, and we all know if you listen to the podcast that Mo is an avid bird watcher. I'm thinking you may want to consider <laughs> North Carolina this weekend. Uh, painted bunting have been spotted across North Carolina. Now they're saying likely you'll have to visit the southeastern coast if you want any chance of seeing one. They like dense, shrubby uh, maritime habitat. No, so, there you go. <laughs> yeah, and actually, that's a cool place to be anyway, even if you don't spot the painted bunting. But uh, just a suggestion for your weekend, you may have something better to do. 
No, just, well, you know what? This this could be top priority. If you get if you spot one, I know you'll get a picture. Will you please send it to me? I will. Okay. I will. Thank you. Um, <laughs> like, share, subscribe, whatever you're supposed to do with a podcast, do it. If you don't know what to do with the podcast, Google it, then do it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we drop these every Friday. Thank you, Mo. Thank you for listening to Your Finances Untangled. Be sure to rate, review, and share this podcast. New episodes of Your Finances Untangled are available on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download your podcasts. Investment advisory services offered through Foundations Investment Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Moise Param and his guests provide general information, not personalized advice, and are not liable for the usage of information discussed. The opinions expressed on this program are not intended to be a recommendation or investment advice and do not constitute a solicitation to buy, sell, or hold a security or an investment strategy. This information should also not be considered tax or legal advice. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company.